You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today, I am broadcasting from simply, I think I've used all of my words, but I'll use magnificent, marvelous Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so grateful that you've made a decision to join me from all over the world. And I can truly say with all the faith that's on the inside of me, you better get ready because your life will never be the same again. Well, how are you doing today? Uh, I pray that you are having uh, just an awesome day. And you know, it's that time of the year again. And I just have one thing to say. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear Constance. Happy birthday to me and many more. Hey, guys. (laughs) I had to sing that to myself. Um. When this show airs uh, on Sunday, November the 4th, my birthday is actually on the 7th, but all of you know that I celebrate for 30 days and uh, it is my birthday. And let me just say up front, it's also my youngest brother's birthday. My mother had him, went into labor on my birthday two years after I was born and had him. And so... uh, We're going to celebrate together. He's in Tennessee, so I'm very grateful. And just what I want to say is that so grateful to God how I have been blessed, how the Spirit has sustained me, healed me, uh, and just given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for all of you. You're my extended family. I never dreamed that I would have a family this large all over the world and for that I'm so grateful so if you want to send me a birthday greeting uh, feel free to do so at Constance uh, at fulfillingyourpurpose.com would love to hear from you boy do I have a great show for you today I have um, Mr. Uh, Doug Verimen and uh, he is the director of the movie The Opus how many of you have seen that sort of like the secret and the gratitude experiment with Bob Proctor. And he's going to be talking about personal power mastery. I think he's interviewed something like, I don't know, three, 400 millionaires or entrepreneurs. And he's going to give us some powerful info and uh, want you to stay tuned. But boy, I am really excited about the Law of Attraction Radio Network Cruise. And that's going to be April the 8th through the 13th, 
2019 and is leaving out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Have you never been to New Orleans? I don't think it's a city like it <laughs> in the U.S. and certainly the food. Uh, I tell you, it's just awesome. So uh, this is what I'm going to say to you. You deserve a cruise. I'm going to be one of the featured speakers. Uh, that means that I will probably get a chance to spend some time with you. I think they are limiting the cruise to 30 or 40 people. That's how many uh, spaces they have available. So if I were you, number one, go on the network, LOARadioNetwork.com. Click on the cruise link. And when you do... Go ahead and sign up. I think they have, um, you make a deposit and then they spread out your payment over a couple of months. I think two or three months. Okay, that's April. You have these. You have November, December, January, February. And so set that intention and uh, go ahead and sign up and you will meet like-minded people from all over the world. I think Dr. Micah, Mo Dr. Micah Mosley will be speaking and some other hosts from the network. And uh, we're going on Carnival Glory. I've been on that ship and it is a fabulous ship. And if you've never been on a cruise, you should make your decision. I think uh, at the time of this recording, I've already had two people who've signed up. So when you do go sign up, make sure you say Constance Arnold referred you. And I am so excited. Let's see, what else do I want to say? Oh, oh, also, Jewel has a new magazine out and it's really powerful. So while you're on the network, take a look at that. And I would love to be your next speaker uh, at your next, next big event. Uh, I've had two requests just this week. Um, one in North Carolina, and I think the other one is in Colorado, where I'm going to be going speaking to some different business organizations. So if you are over a big event at your company and you would love to partner with me to help them make that event a success, I would love to work with you. And I think that is it. Is there anything else that I need to say? Uh, no, that's it. I, I just had a quick question. I hope I can answer it really quickly. Somebody emailed me and asked me, you know, how do I study or how do I, how do I uh, change my subconscious? And what I tell people is that um, I may listen to Let's just say one of my shows. I may listen to a show where James Powers teaches and then I'll listen. I may listen four, five, six, seven, eight times. But just listening is just one of my senses. After I listen, uh, I will then take notes on, you know, things that sort of jumped out at me. And I, I always say those are things that the spirit is trying to help get through to my subconscious and then after I write them down I will meditate on them I'll think about you know what is what's number one saying okay how can I work that in my life what is number two saying and and then I, I meditate on that and then I begin to either speak it or see it and then take action. And I would say that's just the quickest way, you know, that I get results. I don't think you can listen to a show one time and get it. 
Have you ever listened to a show and then go back and listen to it again and again? And you say to yourself, how in the world did I miss that? So that's my method or the way that I really, how can I say, impact my subconscious, really uh, let something become a part of my spirit. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. So take a deep breath, everybody. I'm going to go to these quick commercials and then I'm going to be right back with my very special guest. So stay tuned, everybody. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Well, everybody, I'm back and I'm really excited about my very special guest today. And I know what you're saying, Constance, you're always excited. Well, that's a great thing, right? Uh, My very special guest today is uh, Douglas Vermeeren. I'm going to call him Doug. Uh, He (laughs) is the author of Personal Power Mastery. And you know, when somebody is as accomplished as this man, I just have to read just some things about him. Doug is an internationally known and renowned speaker, leader, mentor, and filmmaker. He's interviewed over 400 of the world's business and motivational leaders to gain and glean the wisdom that creates personal power mastery. Bob Proctor, who I named AKA the Godfather, said that his book is a masterpiece. Uh, Doug is the producer and director of three of the 10 leading personal development movies ever made, The Opus. How many of you have seen that? I have. I think it had Jack Canfield, Joe Vitale, some more people in there. The Gratitude Experiment with Bob Proctor and many more, and The Treasure Map. Uh, and so what a phenomenal accomplishment, you know, just doing that. He's been featured as an expert on Fox, CNN, ABC, NBC, uh, CBC, The Huffington Post, New York Daily News, and many more. And he's going to be giving us uh, just powerful secrets of how we can begin a personal power mastery of our own lives. So, Douglas, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Oh, it's so awesome to be with you. Thanks for having me. I was scared to uh, pronounce your last name, a sucking time, because I've been <laughs> rehearsing all week. So, Doug, uh, tell listeners just a little bit about you. You've accomplished so much, and let me just commend you for your book. It is so detailed, but simple, and I love how you have all of those powerful questions at the end of each, each chapter. So, share with our listeners a little bit about your journey. This is a big law sure. of attraction group uh, globally. 
Absolutely. Well, I guess my journey kind of began uh, for me, I guess the big shift was when I was in college. Um, I was kind of having a discouraging time with a big sales job that I was doing. In fact, I was selling pest control door to door in California. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> certainly not the most exciting and easy thing to do. And so uh, I was kind of discouraged and a friend of mine gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm. And uh, that was the first time I ever ran into any kind of personal development. I'd never heard of any, you know, any of these kind of resources before. And um, as I read that book, obviously my mindset changed dramatically. But the thing that I think was maybe most significant is I decided I wanted to do what Napoleon Hill did and go out and interview the world's top achievers wherever I could find them. And so I started a quest to go out and, and meet these top achievers and learn from them. And by the time I was done, I'd run into you know, some amazing business leaders. I'd run into celebrities, athletes, thought leaders, and so forth, some of the biggest names in the world and biggest companies in the world. And uh, I took to heart what they taught me, and immediately my results began to change. And funny enough, people who kind of heard through the grapevine that I was doing these interviews invited me to come out and speak. And so I started speaking around the world, and that led for me to produce the movies, which, as you're right, featured all of the top leaders in, in The Secret that did teach the law of attraction, and um, you know several other movies. In fact, uh, our second one was on gratitude, which is a very important power as well. Yeah. And our, our latest one was on abundance. And so over the years, you know, we've been conducting seminars around the world and um, the students have been asking, can you one day compile, you know, the best of the best things that you learn from the top achievers into one resource for us? And that's this book that we have now today called Personal Power Mastery. What an accomplishment. And, and, and so, so what does it feel like before we get into it, a Doug to live your life? <laughs> I mean, is it like a dream life? I mean, what is that like for you? I always like to ask that question. Well, if I started with, uh, how, how's that song from The Sound of Music, My Favorite Things? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> if I started with that, family is most important to me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even though I'm kind of young, I'm actually a grandpa. I've got two grandbabies and um, I enjoy spending a lot of time with them. And so that's really an important thing. And then obviously I love to spend time with my wife and other family members. And then from there, um, what do we say? We build our vacations first, and then we build our work around it. <laughs> and so uh, I, uh, I then, you know, do what I do as a speaker. And I just returned actually from London, UK yesterday for a big event that I did um, in London. Uh, but I travel the world, and I speak internationally. And I'm, I'm pretty much, I don't know, gone about every couple of weeks here uh, to do events around the world. So we, we write, we, you know, do the films. We do uh, actually, we've got a television show we're in the midst of negotiating. I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs through the Entrepreneur Academy that we own. Wow. And so, um, yeah, we'll be doing some of that. But, uh, you know, family first. That's kind of my wow. philosophy. I always like to ask this. So let's get started. So so for listeners, uh, what do you mean by a personal power mastery? What is that? I'm so glad you asked me that because we did specifically choose that title with intention. It's, uh, it's not an accident. And in fact, as I interviewed the top 400 achievers in the world, those three principles uh, were at the forefront. So personal is the first one. Personal means that any success that you're going to create in your life, it must be something that you become personally engaged in. In fact, one of our mantras that we tell our students is that if you own it, you can change it. Hmm. And this is what many people avoid in life is they try to, you know, delegate their success to either, you know, I don't know enough people, I don't have enough resources, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough of this, that, or the other, or it's someone else's fault. And the truth of the matter is, is regardless of where you've been until you're ready to own where you are and who you are and that you have the ability to change, you cannot. So that's the first principle. The second 
is this idea of power. And power actually means the ability to act. So it's not just enough to say, yeah, it's my fault. You've actually got to do something about it. You need to you know, start taking action. And the, the greater that we gain power in our life, the greater capacity we have to act. In other words, the more power we have, the more freedom and opportunity comes our way, the more choices we can make. So that's really important. And then, of course, the last word in there is mastery. Now, mastery, I think, is one of the most misunderstood concepts. Most people think it means to get things perfect. I'm going to suggest it actually means to make things better. So we're all on a constant journey of mastery. And the more that we put it this way, if you want to have more, you need to become more. And so we're always in the process of expanding. And if you look at the universe, the way the universe moves, the universe ever since the Big Bang has been expanding. And so when we build our life to go in harmony with that, meaning that we also expand, we're going to find it's a lot easier. When we resist it and we try to stay where we are and hold on to the things that we have and to play small and to think little, that's when we're really fighting against not just the situation, but really the entire flow of the universe. And I also like to add to my students that the universe is really an echo chamber. That's what it is. Mm. And if we approach something with hesitation, it responds with hesitation. If we respond with enthusiasm and excitement and a desire to expand and become better, it will, it will respond the same way. That's powerful. I think I think I think it's the fundamentals of of life if you want to be successful. Yeah, you know, just Tiger Woods just won a a tournament after I think five years, and they, when they were interviewing him, they said something profound. They said, "Well, Tiger, you you're the master in golf," and he said something. He said, "But for those five years." I had to, I never, I didn't even know if I could walk again because of my back. He said, so I had to remaster, uh, you know, what I thought I knew moving my way back. So mastery, I love that word. Yeah. Well, it's also this idea you hear that every master begins first as a disaster. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, it, it is hard work. It is something that we need to strive for. One of my favorite thoughts, though, is like I practice um, martial arts. It's one of my hobbies and I do I competitive mixed martial arts. Yeah. And someone uh, once posted, I think, on a Facebook group, they said, uh, how long does it take the average person to become a black belt? And I really like the response that was given. It's that the average person never becomes a black belt. You must become more than an average person. So in other words, you must expand who you are to expand what you're going to have. And I think that that's a really important lesson, even in the context of personal development, business development and growth. If you're looking to you know, become more than you are in any capacity, you've got to understand that it's not going to be, how should we say, easy. In other words, average people never become extraordinary. You've got to make a commitment and a choice to do more and to be more. And it's something that, you know, we all are entitled to if, if we listen to our heart and really listen to what the universe is whispering to us at any given time. It will remind us that we are significant, that we are, you know, important, that we're valuable. And, you know, it, it, it will never, ever achieve our greatness by simply becoming a spectator in our own life. We need to really actively decide that we're going to become bigger and better than we've ever been before. So true. Well, you mentioned the power of choice. Expound on that. And how important is that in really becoming a master in our lives? Oh, and I'm so glad you gave me the opportunity to talk about that one. Um, within the book, Personal Power Mastery, everything, um, every chapter is outlined in the power of. Mm -hmm. And the very first power that we have 
is the power of choice. Let me share with you um, kind of an interesting story that okay. happened to me that, that really unfolded this. Um, as I was, you know, interviewing top achievers and people, I actually would interview a lot of regular people too, just to understand their take on success. And in fact, uh, I, I'd interview a lot of people with very interesting occupations. And there was one lady that I spoke to, and what she did for a living is she actually worked at a suicide hotline. And for those of you unfamiliar with that, that's where people who are contemplating taking their own life, they would call in and they would kind of look for support or help and maybe even to some extent, you know, someone to help them change their mind so that they wouldn't take their life. Now, as I was talking with her about this, and and I believe this is a really important job, um, I said to her, you know, tell me a little bit about how they train you to to help someone have a mind shift immediately. You know, someone who calls you in the most desperate moment of their life, how do we help them to, to really overcome that? And, and, you know, make an instant change. Like, where else would you see faster change than on that, right? And she said to me something interesting. She said, out of all the things that we are allowed to say to these people, the one thing that we are not allowed to tell them is you cannot kill yourself. So we're not allowed to say don't kill yourself. I thought, how peculiar. This is a suicide hotline, and you're not able to tell this person don't kill yourself? And so I, I kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about that idea. So I asked her, tell me more. And she said, well, the reason why is because when we tell people what to do, we take away choice. And in fact, in that moment, that's why most of them are calling, because they feel like they've run out of choices and they're in a state of despair. And so whenever we feel we don't have choice, we feel, again, that we lose control, we have despair, we lose our happiness, we lose our feelings of self-confidence and self-worth. And the less choice we feel like we have, the more what's a good word for it, panic-stricken or mm-hmm. or deflated we become. So she says we don't tell them what not to do. We don't give them instructions on what to do, but we do help them see choice. And when we help them see choice and also recognize consequence, they regain their power. And so here's kind of an interesting insight that whenever you feel as though you're struggling with you know, challenges or frustration or, you know, you get a bill through the mail that you didn't like or someone fires you or, you, you know, your income drops or your spouse decides they no longer want to be with you or you get in an accident and you, you know, I, I've even talked to people who've had, you know, mobility challenges or terminal illnesses. Whenever you have these big, big, big obstacles that hit, the, the fastest way to regain that power is to start listing any choices that you might have. And you'll be surprised that no matter what circumstance you're in, there are always choices available to you. And I'm not saying that you've got to take these choices. In fact, you you know, some of these choices that you might identify may not even be things that you want to pursue. But the fact that you have them available to you starts giving you back your power. And so this is why choice is really the first principle. The more, let's call it agency, the ability to choose that you can recognize in your life, the more powerful you will be. And so, Doug, this applies. I have a lot of listeners in third world countries. And so sometimes mm. I get emails from them saying, well, you live in you live in America. So even if you if you're in the bush in Africa or wherever mm. you might be, everybody can still exercise the power of choice. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I've done a lot of speaking in Africa as well. And so we have seen some of these circumstances. Mm-hmm. In fact, I also lived in third world China for a long time. And mm-hmm. so I saw some very interesting things there. But the one constant that I did see is even in those difficult circumstances, there are still choices that can be made that will liberate you and give you more opportunities than you currently have. Um, but those choices won't arrive until you lift yourself out of this limiting belief that ha- that has you feeling helpless. You've got to recognize and decide that you can make a choice and then the choices become available. 
Well, I think I remember reading in your book that the book is about taking people beyond their limitations. 100% it is. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, going with that idea, just one simple phrase that has really, I guess, kind of led me a lot in my life, uh, speaking about limitations, there's a samurai saying that was once said, and this was in the 16th century. I don't know who it was by, but the saying is this, once you defeat the enemy within, no enemy without can harm you. And so the majority of the limitations that destroy us uh, don't come from outside. In fact, they come through an internal interpretation of what we assume is the facts. So in other words, the story that we tell ourselves. And the story that we tell ourselves is not always right. I mean, there's been a lot of times when I've assumed something, and I'm sure that you and your audience have as well. Mm-hmm. And when we've gotten the full picture, yikes, we, we maybe misinterpreted something and created a story that didn't need to be. And we do that the majority of the time. And so, you know, once we recognize that we have more control over our limitations than the outside world does. In fact, the interesting thing is, is we call it the continuum of willingness when we do it in the trainings that we do. Mm-hmm. And those that are at the very far end, meaning the negative end, are very reactive. And they allow the outside circumstances and outside world to dictate what you know, power and possibilities they can receive. But if you go to the other end of the spectrum... Again, those that are top achievers, and this includes the 400 that I interviewed, uh, they recognize that all of their power comes internally. They make those decisions. They decide what's going to be a limitation, regardless of what an outside circumstance will be. And if they don't like the way something is moving in their life, well, you've probably heard this. The best way to create your future is to invent it. And so you get to decide what the next step will be, and you get to decide who you'll resp- how you'll respond. I love what Wayne Dyer once said. He said that you know, uh, that if we will look at our problems in a different way, and I'm paraphrasing now, that the nature of our problems actually just changes right there instantly. And so I think that that idea of perspective is a powerful one. So let's talk about the power of perception and belief. Because, Mm. you know, a lot of people right now might feel like, well, you know, that sounds good, Doug and Constance, but, you know, my circumstances are so overwhelming. So how can someone really begin to right in the middle of white what might appear to be overwhelming circumstances change their perception and their belief around it? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I guess the, the most, I guess, clear example that comes to my mind, life itself is a complete illusion. And if you think about an illusionist, meaning somebody like a David Copperfield or a Penn mm-hmm. and Teller or, or people like this, you know, they present to us uh, what we are at that point supposed to take as reality. But if you look carefully behind the scenes and if you understand anything about the principles of magic and illusion, uh, everything is very different, right? Like it, you know, what the reality really is, is not the same as what we perceived. And so uh, I, you know, I think that that's something important for us to remember is that as we interpret situations in our life, we've got to recognize that our perception of them is not necessarily the reality that, that has created them. There's many circumstances and, and things around that perception that we may not understand or even take for granted. It may be, you know, very different than, than what we've ever realized. And so I think one of the things that's important for us to do is, is to really, uh, you know, look behind those perceptions and see if we can find what the truth is, the real truth. But even more than the truth is what truth can we create for ourselves out of that? Because, again, many situations can be interpreted truthfully in a number of ways. And it really comes down to, again, the choices we make with that. That choice is such a fundamental foundation, right? Like once we understand the power of that, everything can begin to change. 
Yeah, that's true. So I have a question. You have a chapter on the power of thought. So can we really begin to create a new reality just by beginning the process of changing our thinking and expound on the power of thought for us? Yeah, you know, it's cool that you asked that because our next movie that we're working on right now is actually called How Thoughts Become Things. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be exciting. And speaking about Bob, you were talking about Bob Proctor. Oh, I love Bob. He's such the godfather. You know what I mean? He's awesome. In fact, we've already shot him for this movie. So he is in this film. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I shot John Demartini for this film as well. And so I was just hanging with John in London this weekend. And so we were talking about a little bit more on that. And we've also, uh, I was meeting with Marie Diamond from The Secret uh, over the weekend in London too. So we'll have a lot of, uh, you know, the the w- more well-known teachers, thought teachers and thought leaders in this film, How Thoughts Become Things. So thoughts is a is a, a subject that I'm, I'm very passionate about. I'm very excited about it. Um, heck, I mean, if we had three or four hours, we could definitely get into some depth here. But let me see if I could share one interesting insight that okay. I found to be powerful for us. Um, when I was doing the research for the movie and also for this book, and obviously over the last decade we've been teaching this, we've been seeing a lot of things in real world experience about this too. You've probably heard that there was a study at Harvard done a handful of years ago that said that we have on average 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. And that that number and that you know study gets thrown around a lot in personal development. So you, if you're a listener here, I guarantee you've probably heard somebody bring that up before and even right. talk about study. What they haven't always gotten into is that they also identified that out of those 70,000 or so thoughts that we have about 80 to 90% of those are either negative or neutral. Now, what does that mean? Neutral negative. We can understand, right? right. Um, and it's kind of interesting that if you really look at what negative or neutral means, there's actually four kinds of thought, not just those two. And we've heard, you know, through Dr. Norman Vincent Peale about positive thinking and negative thinking. The truth of the matter is, is most of the people talking about that haven't read his books. And so they they actually kind of misunderstand (laughs) even what positive thinking is. And just to kind of share a really great analogy, like if if your listeners can imagine if maybe you're a scuba diver or you're snorkeling, you're in the water swimming, right? Well, in the water, there is a principle called buoyancy. Now, when something is buoyant, positively buoyant, it floats. It goes straight to the top. When something is negatively buoyant, it goes to the bottom. When something is neutrally buoyant, it floats in the middle. Now, let me start with negative thinking at the bottom. Negative thinking, obviously, is the worst kind of thinking. It's never going to empower you. The more that you negatively think, in fact, that eventually leads to depression, chronic depression, and other you know, forms of, let's call it, mental paralysis. And in fact, if you're negative thinking long enough, it can even in extremes lead to suicide or other behavior like that. And so certainly we don't want to be a negative thinker. Negative thinking has never produced anything positive and it never expands. It will never help you achieve anything important or powerful in your life. The level up is neutral thinking. And that actually kind of floats in the middle, just like neutral buoyancy in the water. It's neither at the bottom of the water and it's neither at the top. In fact, psychologists often refer to this as ritual tendencies or habitual thinking. It's the stuff we just kind of do every day and we don't really think about. We just kind of, it's our grind and we roll into it. Now, remember what I said at the beginning, the study said that 80 to 90% of people every day uh, or 80% of our thoughts or 90% of our thoughts every day are what we call negative or neutral. I don't believe that most of us are specifically negative. I really don't. But I do believe that we're very neutral. I believe that that's where we spend a lot of time. 
and you know that's, that that's very powerful uh, because just today Doug I made a decision I said I'm going to think beyond my dreams and so every day I choose one thought or one vision beyond what I've ever experienced and uh, just begin to think on that what that would feel like and what that would look like absolutely mm-hmm. and and I think that this is it like here's the thing about neutral thinking as well is the more that we kind of sit in a neutral thinking state the same as with something that's neutrally buoyant if it sits in the water long enough neutrally it eventually becomes negative mm. and i think that's the same with many of us is that if we don't pursue our dreams if we don't seek after the things that excite us in fact socrates once said that we are teleological beings meaning that we get our most happiness from pursuing progress and when we're not progressing when we're just sitting there even people who have massive success, if they just sit there and ride on the consistent success and even if nothing changes but they keep getting that money day after day after day, they eventually become bored and sometimes depressed. They need that excitement. So neutral is not enough. Now, continuing this conversation in the water, funny enough, the next one up is positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, positive thinking, if you think of something being positively buoyant, we all think that positive thinking is the best way to go. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you look at it from a buoyancy point of view, it's still in the water. Mm. What I mean by that is that the stuff around it, meaning the water, still affects the positive thinking. And if you think about this, um, positive thinking, and we all know positive thinking people where you know something goes wrong, oh, I missed the bus, but look on the bright side, right? Or, oh, I lost my job, but let's look on the bright side. Well, if you look at this, they always need a negative situation to respond to. Do you have anyone in your family that like creates drama? Just okay. so they can be a I, hero. I know and a couple so- of drama queens. Doug. <laughs> you get it? You know, pe- people who kind of wait till the last minute to do something so that they can prove that they can really get it down under the wire in the last minute. They can survive by the skin of their teeth. Well, these people are still those positive thinkers. They get it done, but they need an emergency to motivate or activate them. Now, where I come from, they still call that a victim. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's somebody that still is requiring danger. And you'll notice that even when things are smooth sailing, those people have to create drama in order to feel value. That's where their sense of value and sense of worth comes from. So that's not really the highest level of thinking. And this is what I mean by people have misunderstood what Dr. Norman Vincent Peale has said in the power of positive thinking, because that's only part of it, right? The one that actually I believe Norman Vincent Peale meant, and Stephen Covey also talks about in highly, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is proactive or empowered thinking. And that's the highest level of thinking, and it is outside of the water. Mm. That's where people actually decide ahead of time what they will do. They make commitments to who they are in their value systems and their belief systems. And so, therefore, when something comes along to interrupt that, they aren't swayed. They aren't bothered. They're, how should we say, foundational core keeps them intact and you know outside influences don't really how do we say don't let your emergency become my fire they understand that and so they are not swayed when someone comes to interrupt their well-being That's so profound. Uh, i love yeah. that uh, you know yeah. I, you know I, I just love that so you know you, you mentioned movement I, I want you to expound on the power of deliberate activity because you know I have a lot of listeners. I've interviewed almost everybody who was in the secret and so everybody, you know, understands the secret. They've read it. They love Rhonda Byrne. I love her too. But but uh 
a lot of people are visualizing and have these uh, goals written down, but they're meditating a lot. And I did that before this call, but I had to get up and talk to you, Doug, <laughs> as I would have been in big trouble. So talk about the role of uh, the power of deliberate activity. What does that mean? Yeah, wow. Uh, I, I think a really important thing to notice is there's a lot of gurus that are out there that say you want to become successful, you got to take massive action. And yeah. I agree with that principle. It's definitely true. But here's the thing. You've heard that Chinese saying that says the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single footstep. Mm -hmm. Well, thousand miles, that's a lot of massive action too. Step, 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 step. Like we could go on for a long time doing that. My philosophy is having interviewed the top achievers in the world is they don't have time for a thousand mile journey. And neither do you. In fact, life is short, right? And so the way that I would have rewritten that quote, if I was the fortune cookie maker who did that, I would say a few things different. In other words, the journey to where you want to go, so a specific destination, mm. begins with a step in the right direction. Mm. Not a journey of a thousand miles. It is a journey to a specific destination, and you start in the right direction. In fact, let's say it this way. A goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. And when you know where you're going, your actions can actually become much more deliberate. So I'm a fan of taking action, but not just any action. You know, I go into a Starbucks sometimes and I'll look around and I see these people having meeting after meeting after meeting or all these long coffee meetings and all these things, but they don't get anywhere in their business and they don't make a lot of profit because the majority of their actions are not deliberate. They're willing to take meetings with anybody for any reason. They're willing to, you know, they wake up in the morning and they do what they've always done and all of their activities are just to fill time rather than actually create results. And as a result, they get nowhere. And so I think it's really important that we understand. Now, there is something that I teach in Personal Power Mastery that I think is, is worth looking at when it comes to achievement and goal setting and what actions we should be taking. And I call it the law of probability. Mm. You see, if we kind of looked at it this way, like if I had... Let's maybe use this analogy. Let's say there's a football field. Imagine yourself standing at one end of the football field under the goalpost. And at the other far, 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 far end, there is a uh, tire hanging that you need to throw a football through. That's 100 yards away. So I don't know about you, but I'm not strong enough to throw the football. Oh, and no. I'm also not that accurate <laughs> to get it through that tire, right? But what would happen if I took a step forward? What would happen to my chances? They would increase. increase. Probably not by a lot, but they would, right? And if I stepped forward again and again and I kept stepping forward, every step forward I would take would increase the probability that I could throw that football through that tire until I'm maybe even standing right before the tire where I can touch the tire and I can actually just pass the football through. Well, here's the deal. Specific activity is really about understanding every little step that we can take that's going to take us closer to put the football through the tire. And there's three real ways, actually four technically, of how we increase probability. And that's in number one, the things that we learn. So every day we can learn more about what it is that we're doing and that will allow us to take a step forward. The more you know about it, the more you can do about it. And you've already also heard the saying, you know, what you learn is what you earn. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not exactly true. What you learn gives you the ability to earn. We still need to put deliberate action in there, right? Right. And so people... Uh, is the next one. When we are, you know, when we go on from what we learn, it's the people we surround ourselves with. In fact, there's a several, there's several ways to look at people here. In fact, um, in, in my other company, the Entrepreneur Academy, 
we talk about the importance of people even when it comes to building your business because the truth of the matter is is businesses cannot operate in a vacuum. There's never been a transaction that's made profit for you that was created just by you. It's always involved someone else. And I'm going to suggest it's not just financial transactions and profits, but any success in your life, whether it's something on a spiritual level or something on a health level or something in a relationship level, it has always involved another person. And so that is important that we get out there and we connect ourselves to the people that can increase the probability again that we will get to our goals. Again, to cross the football field, people is a really, really foundational, important part of that. The next one that I think is important is the geography. For example, if you wanted to be a movie actor, uh, sitting in the middle of Butte, Montana is probably not the best place to be. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, no, you, no, 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 no. <laughs> you'd be better in Los Angeles, right? Right. And so with some of the things, I know that's a big extreme, but for some of the things in your life, you're going to be better suited to find a new geographical location. Let me make it real simple. You want to become a business superstar? One of the locations that you cannot be is in front of the TV watching Dancing with the Stars every oh. night. You know what I'm saying? So true. Uh, and I'm, I'm not against Dancing with the Stars, but I'm saying if you want to grow your business, you need to maybe get out and be at a networking event or maybe get out and be at a seminar where you can learn about business or maybe you can head out to a night class that you can learn about business. So that geography is really important as well. Now, the last element of this that I think is also crucial is what I call frequency. It's not enough to learn something once or to meet someone once or to even go to a new location once. You need to do it consistently and regularly. And the more frequently you do it, the faster you will cross the football field. And uh, the other thing I think is important about this in um, you know, the whole aspect of things is we often think we have to do it by ourselves. So true. There, there are ways to cross the football field quicker by the kinds of vehicles that we get in. And I'm just going to mention one, and that's to get a mentor. The moment that you have a mentor, he can help you cross the field a lot quicker. He'll tell you the right knowledge to gain, the right people to meet, the right places to go, and help you do it frequently enough by opening the doors to even his network and possibilities. So we need to consider that. And I think that that's, that's important when it comes to deliberate activity. I, I love that principle. And then, you know, you've got to share on the power of gratitude since you made a movie out of that, Doug. <laughs> and, you know, and, and why is that so important? Well, the, the thing about gratitude that's interesting is that, and, and maybe it now we're getting in, to... It is interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, let's maybe get into... A car, you love Bob Proctor so much. Let's go right there. Oh, yeah, I love Bob. <laughs> so Bob and I actually, a couple of weeks ago, we were in Los Angeles. He was teaching Paradigm Shift there. And um, so he and I uh, met in his hotel room, and that's where we shot him for the newest movie. But while there, we had a really powerful conversation on uh, vibrational energy. And as you know, everything in the universe vibrates at a certain frequency. And you know how we respond and participate in that frequency often dictates the results and things in our life. Well, as Bob and I were talking about, well, what is this frequency of things, right? Like, what is it that really creates the frequency? What is the whole energy that the universe is made out of? What is the matter that's behind it? If everything is vibrating, what really is it? And it was interesting to note, and again, I'm kind of, how should we say, maybe taking some creative liberty with exactly how the conversation went, because we, you know, we can't get into all, everything on this call, but I got you. in the end, everything really is like the energy of it is gratitude and love. Everything. The entire universe is made up of gratitude and love. And if you think about it from a biblical point of view, what is it that, that Jesus said is that God is love. 
So everything is love. Everything is love. And so this is why gratitude, I think, becomes such an important part is it actually synergizes us and syncs us with that energy that is compatible with all the abundant things of the universe. Now, when something is vibrating at a low level, let's use now a low level of love, a low level of gratitude, it obviously isn't producing great things, right? But I, when something's vibrating at a high level, it's filled with abundance yeah, and, and energy and, and power. So, Doug, so if, if a person listening may not think that their life is really great, so if they were just to begin loving what they do have, focusing in on the good, then more would come to them. Well, this is exactly it. And in fact, in the film, we say it simply as this, is that whatever you want to expand in your life, whatever you have gratitude for, will expand. So let's just talk about a few things here. Okay. If you have gratitude for the relationships in your life, you're not taking them for granted, well, they're going to they're gonna stick around and they're going to multiply. Let's try the opposite. Let's say that I've got a, a spouse and I don't really appreciate her. I take her for granted. I never express that I'm grateful and I neglect it. Well, how long is she going to be around? Not for <laughs> right? long, honey. Not She's going to say, see you. We're going to be you. Exactly. <laughs> going to hit the road and that'll be the end of that discussion. The same is true of everything. And in fact, the five pillars that we have in our life, whether it's our self, meaning our self-worth and, and self-connection, our self-confidence, if we have gratitude for it, it grows. If we, if we take ourselves for granted and we don't treat ourselves well, it goes. The self-esteem goes. The second pillar is what we call spirituality, the same thing. If we have gratitude and we're dialed into ourselves on a high level spiritually, that grows and we become more fulfilled. The next is, of course, our own health. And we've seen people who've had massive recoveries because they've decided to be more dialed into taking care of themselves. They recognize their health. In fact, it's funny. We've even had uh, one observation that we had with someone who was diagnosed with cancer in a terminal uh, situation. They began to f discover gratitude. And I'm not saying that it was just the power of gratitude you know, without any other supplement, they, they, they were grateful enough that they even took action and started really recognizing it was within their power and they were grateful for that power. And you know what? Things began to change mm. and they were able to recover. And certainly we've seen relationships recover. In fact, we've seen uh, there was a couple that came to one of our seminars uh, a year or two ago that were on the verge of divorce. They were actually coming simply looking for how could we uncouple in a way that would be you know, not hurting the kids. We're not here to fix it. We, we've already decided it's shut down, but how can we now dissolve this relationship and not hurt the kids? Well, by the time we were done, they found gratitude for each other and they're still together today. So, I mean, gratitude changes things. And one of the last uh, things that we talk about is abundance, which doesn't just mean money. It's all aspects of our abundant life, our time, our freedom, our opportunities. And you know, it's so funny. This is one of my favorite stories about gratitude, and I can't remember. I might share this in the movie. I just can't remember. We had a gentleman who during this you know, last real big economic problem in 2008, mm -hmm. he was let go of his company. Okay, So he was let go from the company he was working for, and it was really devastating because he was the primary breadwinner. And you know when he had to tell his wife, they were panic-stricken because they had very little savings. It didn't look like they were going to be able to survive. And so kind of what happened is he decided when he got home, he was going to go nuts and just send out resume after resume to all kinds of companies that might be able to hire him. And for the first three days, that's what he did, and there was absolutely no response. Nobody was interested, nothing happening, and so he started to get really kind of discouraged. Well, on the fourth day, he decided, I don't know, I got to take a break. Break. This is messing with my mind. I need, a, I need to take a breather. So he stopped and 
you know, with his kids and his family at home, he just decided I'm going to play with these kids and we're going to build forts out of blankets and have pillow fights and watch a movie. And throughout the day, he said to himself, I feel really grateful about this. This is, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have to be with him. And this was one of the best days ever. Well, as he was in a state of gratitude, his mind started thinking, I don't want to go back to work. I, I think it's like if I could stay and do this forever, I don't want to go back to work. And he started forming ideas in his mind on how he could do that. And as he was open, now thinking about problems at a different level, he, he had the universe whisper to him, why don't you just start consulting for companies instead of working for them? And he decided to send you know, some info out on that the very next day. And he had four job offers. Now, what was interesting about this is he later asked, well, why was it easier for me to become a consultant and work for them? He says, well, you know, one of the people, including his former employee who brought him back as a consultant, said that, you know, with these hard economic times, we can't afford to put somebody in full time, but we can certainly afford a, a consultant who can do the work for us because we still need the work done. And what was interesting is as we talked about this, he expressed, as you can probably guess, that he ended up making more money as the consultant than he ever did as an employee or employee, and he had far more free time. So in the end, I mean, the universe wants to bless us. And when we approach things with gratitude and we're even grateful and still our mind and our heart and we listen carefully, the universe will whisper to us some amazing things that will help us become more abundant than we currently are. Oh, so true. You know, and before you give your uh, contact info, Doug, I just want to ask you something personal. So you practice all of these principles that you've shared today. So that means that you... Uh, you, you practice gratitude, et cetera. So you practice all of these principles. I do. Uh, well, I knew you did, but I just wanted to hear you say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, no, it's mandatory for sure it is. Absolutely. In fact, you know, it, it's kind of, kind of funny. One of the things that I expressed at the beginning of our interview was that uh, family is important to me. And it certainly is. In fact, I think for did, me, that Did not hear a little baby in the background. I'm like, is that a little baby that I heard? You or? did. You probably heard my granddaughter. She's, uh, <laughs> she's in one of the other rooms with my wife and that. But uh -huh. um, yeah, family is so important. And so one of the things that, like I said, that I do from a gratitude point of view, and I know that this sounds kind of silly, but it works for me and I encourage your audience to think about it, is I actually build my time, my life, my vacations, my desires into my calendar before I put my work. Mm. <laughs> and and going at, with that kind of approach, it, it reminds, the, I think, you, uh, me personally, meaning ourselves, right? It reminds me. And it also reminds the universe that uh, I'm grateful for all the abundance that I've been given. And as I schedule the things that are most important to me, um, you know, it it's one of those things where what do they say? A lifeguard can't save others till he knows how to swim. So, so as, as I put that gratitude out in the universe <laughs> and as I, as I fill my cup, I can then bless others. Now, keeping in mind, I do want to share that, you know, there's one of the things that one of my mentors taught me, which we need to learn how to balance We've heard the idea of pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that that's kind of been misunderstood. Now, if we think about it as a lifeboat, right? Like a, let's say we're on the Titanic and, and it's just hit the iceberg and we're all going to get off. If we pay ourselves first, most people think that means you get in the boat first, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. In fact, if you get in the boat first, what's your wife and children going to think? What are they, your customers going to think? They're going to look what at are... you like, he must be out of his mind or something. Exactly. <laughs> and same thing with your customers. If your customers see you getting into the boat first, they're going to be like, well, pff, you're just in it for you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to suggest that 
what paying ourselves first really means is to put things in their proper priority. And sometimes paying yourself first means I'm going to put, first of all, my wife and children and my grandchildren all in the boat. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to put my golden goose into the boat, meaning my customers and the people that are paying us and supporting us. And then I'm also going to put other people that might be able to help us survive and thrive and grow. And then I'm going to get in. Mm-hmm. That means paying my, that's what I interpret paying yourself first to mean. That's and I powerful. think a lot of people have, have that view incorrect. That's powerful. So Doug, tell people about your, your, your website, your contact info. How can they get your movies? When is your new movie sure. coming out? And let me just tell listeners about this book. I, you know, if I don't think it's good, I'm not going to say anything. I've been doing this show <laughs> not, nine years every week over 500 shows but this book is detailed but is simple and then he has all of these profound questions at the end of each chapter and and I just believe that if people would get your book and just begin employing the principles that they would begin the process of creating their dream life really that's perfect that's perfect you said it so kindly I should actually copy that all down. and You can copy it down. <laughs> I don't have Thank a copyright you. on. So share with people about your book. How can they reach you, your speaking oh. engagement, your seminars, your programs, et cetera? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, well, probably the easiest way is, uh, you know, to go to our website, douglasvermeeran.com. But we've got a lot of free resources, too. I'm a fan of letting people really experience who we are before we, you know, invite them to continue a relationship with us. Here's the truth. If you get my vibe, you'll become my tribe. Mm, I love that. Okay, I'm going to steal that, but keep going. Yeah, and and I want my people to get results. Like, my mission is I want you to get results and success. And so there's really... You know, a couple of core areas that we help. We do a lot of work with entrepreneurs, so you can find us on Facebook at the Entrepreneur Academy, but we also have a Facebook group called Personal Power Mastery. And Personal Power Mastery, which is this book, it's actually one of the courses underneath the Entrepreneur Academy. And within that academy, we teach business skills, which I believe are part of what you need, but you also need the personal skills, which is Personal Power Mastery. And, you know, there's also support that you need. And so in the cool thing is, is you remember that I mentioned that I interviewed 400 of the world's top achievers. Right. Some of them are faculty members at the Entrepreneur Academy. So oh, if wow. you want to get help from, say, the founder of Ugg Boots or, you know, the former CEO of Fruit of the Loom or the former CEO of Southwest Airlines, those guys are all friends of mine and they're in the faculty. So we can help you become really successful using what they've learned and their lessons to increase your own success. And I might mention that... Um, you know, we, we with the movies, uh, you know, some of them you can find information on YouTube. But uh, I think one of our first movies was actually copied and put on YouTube. So you can see it there for free. Please come join us. But on my website, douglasvermeeran.com, you've got access to all the movies and all the upcoming movies. Also, enter my name into YouTube and you'll see that there's all the TV clips and movie clips. And there's lots of stuff there that you can find that's free. So true. So, you know, people are listening. Millions of people will hear this, Doug. So what would be your last parting words to people all over the world today? Well, I, I think the last parting words, the, the best parting words that I'd like to share with is you hear a lot of gurus say that to become successful, you need to step out of your comfort zone. I'm going to say that after interviewing 400 of the world's top achievers, I think that that's wrong. Mm. If you want to be successful, 
Uh, I don't want you to step out of your comfort zone. That means, you know, like, for example, you might start doing your own dental work. That's not oh, comfortable. <laughs> like, these are hard things. I don't want you to do stuff that you're super uncomfortable with. What I want you to do is I actually want you to step into your brilliance zone. And if you remember what Napoleon Hill said, he said, the riches are in the niches. Recognize that you are great. Recognize that you are amazing and recognize what you're amazing at. And as soon as you start to see where your passion, your purpose, and your performance all coincide, you're going to find that that's where your riches are going to be too. So where I'm going to suggest you get out of your comfort zone is, is in the things that you love, the things that you're already brilliant at, the things that you're good at, the things that the universe whispers to you that you came here to do. That's where you want to be uncomfortable. Don't go try and learn things that don't work. So people ask me, Doug, what do you do for a living? My answer is always as little as possible, and I delegate the rest. And so I only do the things that I love and the things that I want to do, and I hire out the necessary things that really need to get done but that I don't want to do. And you're going to find that if you become really good in the areas that you're brilliant at, people will seek you out and they'll pay you for what you're worth. So true. Doug, you are a gift from God to the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I look forward to connecting again in the future. This would be great. Okay, everybody. So as I say, every week, you may not know it or feel it, but you're surrounded by the love and the support of a loving spirit. And of course, you know that I love and adore you and believe in you. And this week, I want you to think and to say something good is going to happen to me and through me this week. Make it a great week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.